he's a handful. He's super sweet and he's mischievous and he we're just here to serve him is basically what I've realized. <laughs> Join us as we chat to amazing cat explorers and experts. Learn from them, listen to their war stories, celebrate their wins, and laugh at the funny moments that have been a part of their journey. Welcome to the Cat Explorer Podcast. I'm Asara. And I'm Daniel. Wow, what a season. It's hard to believe that this is the last episode of Season 6 of the Cat Explorer Podcast. A huge thank you to our amazing producers for Season 6 who have made this possible. And you're hearing it here first. We've just opened up the Cat Explorer producers for Season 7. You can join up at catexplorer.co forward slash support. But before we jump into the last episode of Season 6, we'd love to say a huge thank you to our co-producers. Roxy the Kitty, Ziggy and Charlie, Luna Misty Blue and Xavier and Jasper. Thank you so much. We really do appreciate your support. I still remember the first video I ever saw of the kitty we're chatting about today. Fisher was looking super relaxed while riding a tube on water. We're so excited to chat to Fisher's humans Lorraine and Finn today to hear more about Fisher and how they trained him. Welcome to the podcast, Finn, Lorraine and Fisher. Thanks for having Thanks us. Thanks for having us. So we'd love to hear about Fisher. How did he come into your life? Uh, actually, um, I'm a fourth generation captain and uh, we live on the water in, in Florida. And for my 50th birthday, I wanted to get a cat that I could explore with. I wanted to be able to take him out in the boat, go swimming, go fishing. Uh, I travel a lot for work. So I wanted um, the cat to be able to go with us in the car and just go everywhere we do, just like you, you know, normally would a dog or just, uh, I guess, a, a, kid, a kid, a kid. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we started doing some research um, on cats that liked water. Uh, so we came up between a bangle and a Maine Coon. And so we started looking for, uh, you know, th- into rescues that had Maine Coons or bangles. Um, and as we did more research, we realized that we leaned more toward the Maine Coon uh, because they didn't talk as much as a bangle. And we do travel a lot. And, you know, we just, I guess we didn't want such a chatty cat if we're going to hotels and you know staying at other people's houses and so we we looked into Maine Coon rescues we looked everywhere and we just could not find um we couldn't find one uh in our area uh so we looked into the um the breeder route and found a local breeder here in the Tampa Bay area and uh, we did a couple visits uh, to that breeder, and six months later, we had Fisher. Wow, that's a that's pretty cool that you sort of zeroed in on a, a breed that you know suited that lifestyle. And Maine Coons are definitely um, chill cats and very cool cats. Yes, we have come to to find that out. So, tell us a little bit about Fisher. Well, I mean. He's, he's a handful. He's super sweet and he's mischievous and he, we're just here to serve him is basically what I've realized. (laughs) He loves to go out and, you know, he loves to travel with us and he likes to go on the water. And if we're leaving, he usually follows us. I I think he's actually disappointed when we can't take him anywhere. So, um, and he just kind of runs 
the place. Like I work online from home and um, my day is definitely scheduled around him. Uh, if I haven't walked him that morning, it's certainly quite evident and he won't let me work until I have done what he wants. So um, yeah, I think it's, this is what it must be like to have a boss. So. <laughs> and we, we always joke about, you know, I always tease her about getting another kitten. And I mean, I'm just teasing her because <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how people with kids actually do it because the amount of effort and equipment, equipment <laughs> that, you know, we have to pack to take him on any adventure is cooling pads, his food, his litter box, his, you know, his life stroller, preservers, his, his stroller, his toys, toys, his night toys, his day toys. Um, it, it's, it's a handful. Yeah. He does joke around. He's like, does Fishburne need a sibling? And I'm like, he's got us. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And um, so we're recording this in June, 2020. So we're expecting, and we'll, um, we're due in October with a human baby. Everyone keeps getting <laughs> us to confirm that. But um, that's one of my biggest things. I'm like, already for the kitties, when we go away, our boot is full of their stuff. How are we going to fit right. kids' stuff in there? Like, in your mean, car. Exactly. I guess you're now in the minivan field. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I like how you said that Fisher serves you, as in you serve Fisher, because mm-hmm. that's exactly how we feel now with Limos and Oxy. And the funny part is, Hasara, when we when she first sold the idea of adopting Lumos and Oxy, she was like, oh, they won't take up too much space. They're just little cats. You know, they just need a little kitty litter here. We can put it in the bathroom, a bit of food bowl. That's all they need, you know. And, you know, they may have one or two toys. That's all they need. And, you know, they won't be much impact on our lives. And then I'm like, fast forward three years later, I'm a cat dad to two cats. And then, like Sarah mentioned, we take everything with us. Like everything that you've mentioned is what mm-hmm. we take. You know, all the blankets, all the throws, all the all the towels and the toys and the, the gear, the, the kitty litter, all the bags for them and all that stuff, plus the food and, you know, all the knickknacks and whatnot. And that's just for them. And it's not including us or, or any future kids that are coming along the way. So, like, yep, definitely. We serve them. Mm-hmm. And I love, I love every minute of it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's it. Yeah. It's... Like it's those moments you go, wow, this is you know beautiful, and you cherish them. And despite mm-hmm. how much work outside of that is, and taking all this <laughs> stuff, like it, it is worth it. And those moments you have with them, those moments of joy and fun, are just yeah, special. Very special. Very. So I want to talk about a couple moments of joy and fun. And can you tell us about the sort of cat exploring you and Fisher do? We pretty much just bring him along on everything we're doing whether it's fishing swimming going in the pool going in the boat paddle boarding um biking he's learning how to skateboard now um (laughs) walking strolling when we go we have um a friend that owns uh, a few bars in the tampa bay area st pete area um and we go into bars with Fisher. We go into restaurants, uh, nightclubs. He's been to a big Halloween party with over a thousand people in it. Um, it's, I mean, we just take him everywhere. We just kind of feel like <laughs> if we feel confident about it and we just take him somewhere and we know that he's safe, then he's going to be okay with it. And yeah. that seems to have been 
like he's reacted better than we thought. Um, I'm out of the two of us. I'm always the one that's more nervous. And, you know, Finn is definitely the more adventurous one. He's like, it'll be fine. And I'm like, there's like 10 things that could possibly go wrong. So we do balance each other out with that. But, you know, if Fisher ever gets nervous or whatever, we just take him out and he resets. And if he tries it again, he's usually good. And if we just don't feel like it's good, then we just don't do it. But he really just, he acclimates, yeah, he acclimates so quickly. And I think it's just because we're like, it's fine. And he believes us. It's so true. And I just have to say, wow, to the amount of cat exploring you guys do and the types of cat exploring you guys do is very (laughs) impressive. Just jumping on the thought about, you know, Fisher's nerves and your nerves and how you're more nervous than Fisher. How do you manage your nerves then? So like, it sounds like Fisher's got them under control and he's pretty good then. But how do you manage your own nerves in those situations? For me, I have not, this has been, I've not been nervous at all. And I let Fisher tell me if he wants to do something or not. Lorraine will just say, okay, like the first time we did the bike, put him in the basket. She just wanted me to just walk with him, baby steps, baby steps, like walk alongside of the bike while he was in the basket, just to make sure he didn't want to jump out or if he was scared. Um, right, because we want to have like, an, we put him in environments that we can scaffold it so that that way he never feels thrown into it. And I'd say he doesn't feel that way, but neither do I. So I don't have a breakdown because I, I do run on the nervous side with that. Cause I'm like, I don't want him to get hurt. I'm very protective. So like, you know, he was strapped into the basket and we walked him around our little parking lot area. And then he rode around in the parking lot area. And like immediately as he started to do that, Fisher literally just started to like put his arm out, ride dirty and like have his head on the basket. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> and then I, I, I was, was like, like see, I told you he was going to love it. And he did. <laughs> and he did. But it's only baby steps and, um, and minors. I just like, oh, this is yoga. <laughs> I just breathe and just tell myself it's going to be okay until it really is. And I don't want him to get nervous because of me. So I just, um, I don't know, is that suppression or compartmentalizing? <laughs> I like to just breathe through it. And, and again, he just, he does tell us that he likes it right away. We actually haven't found anything that he has not liked. That, he hasn't rejected that, Yeah, he hasn't rejected anything. He doesn't, he's not scared of loud music, loud cars. He's not scared of loud boats. You know, we haven't found anything that has scared him yet. And when he was a kitten, I'd say the first six to eight months, we were really good about making sure he was around our friends who had kids. And that way he knew little people, even though I'm only 5'2", even littler people were still really friendly and they could be a little, you know, grabby or they would get excited and he's fine with them. We just tried to put him in situations that would desensitize him and make him socializing. Yeah. That's pretty amazing because normally I'm generalizing significantly here, but when we talk to people who've got very relaxed cats like Fisher, usually they find themselves being super relaxed as well. And I suppose you guys have a great balance there because um, I know sometimes when I do something with Noxie, I always say Noxie because she's the one of our two that I'm always looking after when we're cat exploring. And I, I start tensing up and getting nervous. Like I noticed that there's like, we went for a walk the other day and then there was a bobcat excavating on the path, which is really loud and scary. And as soon as I saw it in the distance, I started tensing up and I realized straight away that she did it too. Partly probably she saw it too, but I think my nerves would have made it pretty hard. So good on you for being able to breathe through it and calming yourself down. Like that's tough. We always give him a safe space to go if, he was to get scared or nervous, mm-hmm. 
whether we have, you know, a, a backpack or a bag or his stroller, mm-hmm. um, we always give him a, a safe place to go if, you know, he's like, hey, I want to I want to just chill out for a minute. Base. Yeah, his base. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. And I want to touch on those concepts for a little bit because you mentioned them as you were explaining how you sort of n- manage your nerves because you mentioned scaffolding, which is now you've tried to sort of put up some boundaries around this sort of new task and that it's not just let them loose and go, go for your life for sure. See you later. It's, <laughs> it's a bit more structured it. to it. And there's a bit more, yeah. Uh, you know, like, tra- like if you think of it, like the training wheels on a bike or, uh, or the bumper bars on a bowling um, alley, like there's a bit more to it that allows things to sort of um, mitigate themselves if they do go wrong. So mm-hmm. that's a good one. And then desensitizing. So, Yes. Putting Fisher into those environments that he can get used to it and that he can get um, an understanding of what this is like and that it's not going to freak him out and just yeah, getting slowly and sh- surely used to it. So those, I think, are great ideas that you've implemented. Yeah, and I think that mo- the most often question we get asked is, like, how do, you, how do you get him to do something or how do you teach him how to do something? Like, whether it's being in the water or, you know, whatever it is. And, you know, I've been in education for over 20 years. So like, that's my heart. I'm a teacher and Finn's really good about letting me ask for way more steps than he probably would normally think are needed. But that's the scaffolding that really helps. Like when we taught him how to swim, we had a, we bought one of those like really, you know, typical kiddie pools or whatever. And we put enough water in there. It was maybe like a couple of inches that he was still standing in it, but he really wasn't like maybe like just above his paw. And, um, and so we did that a few times and we let him kind of play around and then we put a little more water in it and we put these electronic fish toys in it. So he would get in there and he'd forget he was in the water because he was chasing the fish and he was having fun. And then we put a little more water in it and then we started to take him out on the boat and he loved it. But it, it just wasn't like trial by fire. It just really, the scaffolding really has helped and treats. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm trainable. I'll do anything for Snickers or ice cream. So I'm pretty sure that that's how it works with cats. Well, that's a good point that you make that Finn's so good on the water and looks like he's a pro. And you watch those videos of him now and he looks like, wow. But he obviously didn't start that way. And you took the steps to make sure that he was comfortable. And that's the end goal that everyone sees. But it starts with those treats, starts with the kiddie pools, starts with a little bit of water and, you know, building that up to then be the boat and so forth. So I think that's the part that people need to keep in mind and mm-hmm. it's the baby steps and making them comfortable. Was, was he always comfortable? Like, did he start okay from the get go? How did he find it in the first instance? Yeah. With, with everything, like um, the only thing that bothered him in the beginning in the car was motorcycles. Mm-hmm. He was not fond of a motorcycle and now he, you know, he's in his little hammock that we put on the window, his little K and H uh, hammock, window hammock. Um, he, nothing bothers him now. <laughs> he just sits there and, you know, he sleeps and looks around and, you know, pretty much any situation, like I was saying, we put him in, um, he just, he's like, okay, I'm here now. Let's do it. What are we doing? But I think because we scaffolded so much and we did small things and he started having big accomplishments and, I think now he just kind of trusts. He trusts us. Yeah, wherever we put him. I think also the important thing is that you're consistently looking out for him in terms of his well-being and 
how he feels and whether he is comfortable on these situations. Like the scaffolding is one step and one part of it, and but also mm-hmm. monitoring him and making sure that he is comfortable in those situations. Yeah. yeah, I think it's interesting because Finn had started doing the Instagram because our family wanted to see what was going on with him. And we were just trying to find fun things to do with our cat because we call him a cog, like he's a cat dog, because he acts like a dog. So we started doing that. And then, you know, it got so much recognition and we started doing more things. And I think that, you know, we do it because he loves it and he's happy and he loves the adventures, but we don't do it because we want him to do it. And I think that's, that's the big difference is that. And it's just our everyday life. This is what we do. We live on the water in Florida. I'm a, you know, captain and, you know, we just, this is what we do. So he comes along with us. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because now if we go to our friend's house or if we go anywhere, he very rarely stays home. If, I mean, very rarely. And if for some reason we don't bring him, oh boy, we got to go back and get, go back home and get him. (laughs) You don't know what that's like after our Like you show up and people are like, well, that's nice to see you, but where's the baby? (laughs) I mean, that's pretty much what it is. They're just like, yeah, you're fine, but where's Fisher? <laughs> I have to say that's the, very lovely of your friends and family, though. It's really lovely that they um, love him so much. I, I kind of wanted to take a step back, and um, you are talking about the process that you um, helped Fisher get comfortable with water. Do you mind diving a bit deeper into that? Because I know a lot of cat explorers really want to get their cats comfortable on water, but... Um, Sometimes it's difficult to tell that your cat's uncomfortable. So it would be amazing to hear how you guys, because I've seen videos of what you've done and it's actually pretty incredible. So do you mind talking us through how you did that? Not at all. Yeah. I mean, again, we did the kiddie pool and that helped a little bit. And it, and again, it goes back to making sure that you're not nervous and it helped me because I could see him in the water. I knew he couldn't go wrong at any time with two inches of water. And I just felt like he was just really comfortable. And then we just kind of took him out on the boat. He was a natural, he loved it. And then the first time he swam in the water that was not in like a pool or anything, we took him on the inner tube and um, just put him on just to see how he would do. And we're like, well, let's just test it out. And we were in very shallow water. So we put him on the inner tube and he just kind of like, he just laid there like he was in the living room on the couch. Exactly. And then (laughs) our friend drove the boat and Finn was in the water. So I was on the boat and Finn was there with him in the water. So I think he felt really comfortable because he could see me, but he also knew his dad was right there. And we just drove the boat around. We just did big circles and I just took pictures of him. And every time we would drive by and Fisher would go right by Finn he would talk to him. He'd say, now. And then and we would continue to go. And he was like, all right, see you on the next round. Yeah. So, um, and then that's also the first time he jumped off of it to swim to you. Yep. And so we never actually put him in the water. Yeah, he jumped in himself. We, we've mm-hmm. never forced him into the water. He's every done everything on his own. And the same thing happened when, so what's funny is I went paddleboarding for the first time a couple months ago. I used my friends to try it out. So we got me one. And so the um, video we have of him paddleboarding with me was my second time on the paddleboard. And like, I was so proud that he swam, but I was more proud that I could manage the weight distribution of a 16 pound cat walking back and forth on my paddleboard. And I like, anytime I'm not in the water, I feel like that's successful. So I was moving fairly fast. And the minute I would just glide, he would try to like pop. The yeah. Water he was play. trying to fall and play and jump in the mm-hmm. water. So we just, he has his life preserver on, so I feel very comfortable. Whatever he wants to do around the water, he's got his life preserver on, and he's right there with us, so he's 
can't get in, into any trouble. Yeah. Um, so but, I moved it. I uh, steered it up towards Finn and I was facing him and just kind of came to a gentle stop and Fisher jumped right in the water and swam towards him. Like he just, so I, and you know, I feel like cats are, again, we're just here to serve them. I feel like when it's their choice, they're all in. But if you make them do it, then they're not going to take care of anything you want. But he also plays in the sinks at home. Yes. Bathtubs. He gets in the shower with us. Um, we could, we try to keep him out of the kitchen sink, but it's, it's been a fight. <laughs> he, One that I'm losing. I continue. It's like I've lost every battle in the war. But. He walks in the rain. Um, like it can be pouring down rain and he wants to go for a walk and he gets soaked and he does not care. Anything to do with the water he loves. And, and you know, it, it all goes back to when we, when we started out looking for a cat, the breed was a very important thing for us because we were going out in the water and the cat was going to enjoy that. So, you know, hopefully, and he does. And, um, we, we just, you know, slowly just started with water and he loves ice cubes. He likes playing with ice. Um, so, but I mean, he's, he's a year and a half old now. We started when he was eight weeks home, eight weeks old when we first got him mm-hmm. and we've just, you know, always had water around for him to play in and accessible for him. Even when we go to a hotel, he's playing in the kit in the sink or in the shower. We, yeah, we leave yeah. the faucet running a little bit because he prefers to play somewhere. Yeah. And you know what's good is that of course when he swims, it's salt water. So when we get him home, we just pop in the shower with me. <laughs> and everybody gets rinsed off and he doesn't mind that either. Yeah. So yeah, I mean it it makes a big difference. And you know, as far as him being comfortable and getting used to things, um, I think it's important to recognize the difference between not being okay and just some discomfort. Like when we first started putting his harness on him, he did the very typical, like, I'm just going to, and he yeah. like plopped down. And was like, I give up on life. And we're like, you're okay. So, and as humans, we give up yes. way before, you know, we give up on them before they give up on themselves, you know, like, if we would have said, okay, he doesn't like it and taken it off and just not done it, you know, we, we wouldn't have an amazing cat explorer like we have, mm-hmm. you know, we, we made an agreement. Okay. We're going to put it on him 30 minutes at a time. He will get up. He will walk to us with a treat. He's not in any pain. He's just, you not know, he's not happy about having it. something on. Which is funny because that's a, the other key for us is that when we would do that and we would give him some treats, that would be a positive reinforcement. But if he seemed really uncomfortable and he wouldn't take treats, then we would kind of, that's his attempt gauge for yeah. us. Like if he gave it a break. One of his favorite things is these disgusting freeze-dried minnows, which are gold to him. And if he does not want that, then that's a sign to us that something is not going to make him happy. But so far we haven't hit that. Like he might look unhappy, but he's willing to eat all the treats. <laughs> it's awesome that you have those levels of, I suppose, discomfort to understand his levels of discomfort. Um, So I'm going to be completely honest. We don't spend a lot of time with the water, partly because Daniel gets very seasick. (laughs) But also part of it is also one, I don't think our cats are as comfortable as Fisher on the water. Like they're not that comfortable with water. But I also worry about their ability to swim as well Mm -hmm. in, in the case of an emergency. So was that something that you were concerned about? And did you train or encourage Fisher to swim before you started going on the boat with him and things like that? 
Well, it's funny because we got him a life preserver before he ever, ever went swimming. Um, and he always wore his life preserver. So when he started swimming, he had his life preserver on. And I think it made it a lot easier because he was a little higher in the water, mm -hmm. but he is a fast swimmer. I was, I was surprised at just how fast and good he is at it. I mean, he's 16 pounds. He's a 16 pound kitten is basically what he is. He, when you sit him next to a, a normal size cat, we are just always, we laugh because we're like, oh my God, he's huge compared to another cat. But to us, he's still a little kitten, you know, so, but he's an excellent swimmer. But, you know, even though we're on the boat and I'm very aware of our surroundings, you just never know what will happen. So we always have his life preserver on, especially while the boat is running. Um, sometimes, you know, if we feel it might be too hot for him, we'll take it off and, you know, he can lay on his cooling pad because we always have an ice pack, his cooling pad and a mm -hmm. fan. Um, it, but we try not to take him out on very, you know, hot, hot days. Um, but if he is outside with us, sometimes we'll take it off and just, you know, dip him in the water to cool him off. But um, we just put the life preserver back on him and his, you know, fur is, is wet and he's fine. And we don't go, um, like, fishing or anything with him. Like, we're pretty local when we're on the boat and we're both excellent swimmers. So um, I think, you know, because we do spend so much time in the water, ironically, I grew up in Arizona, but if you're in Arizona, you most likely have a pool. So I grew up swimming. He grew up in Florida, so he's naturally a fish. So we're both just really aware of like water safety and just making sure he's he's taken care of. And he loves sitting in the pool on a floaty <laughs> by himself or with us. He likes swimming in the pool. Um, you know, again, it's he just likes he likes the water. He loves it. I just want to jump back to a couple of points you guys made, which I think are so important. One, you guys are made for the water. So you guys have grown up around water. You know the water. You love the water. And it's almost in your blood. And so that is a big part because you guys are comfortable in the water. Like you don't you won't necessarily panic on the water. You know what you're doing. And so that gives extreme confidence to Fisher that, you know, you guys will look after him and that he's in safe hands. Just like as a captain of the boat, you want to know that you're in safe hands when mm -hmm. that person's steering the boat is um, someone that knows what they're doing. And then you mentioned that with Fisher, you've got someone with the right, or you've got a cat with the right temperament that will be adaptable to the water that knows, yeah, you know, not necessarily what they're doing right off the bat, but can take to it pretty easily and is pretty chill about it that it's, you know, it's proof given where Fisher is now that, yeah, you know, he's really comfortable with the water. And then, you also made the point about how cats won't do what they don't want to do. So you've got to keep that in mind and you've got to monitor that. And sometimes it's baby steps and that, you know, you put the scaffolds up and you, getting the harness on is the first win. You, you know, no, no one should be trying to get go, go from getting the harness on to walking the cat up a mountain in the one day. Cause it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's the baby steps. So you take the wins as they yeah. come. And, you know, it may be that the first few weeks or whatever it is of a, if you want to really work for them to get in the water, like what you've done, it may be that you've got to stick with the kiddie pool for a while and just get those wins. And 
I like the point you've also made that you take confidence from Fisher being adaptable and, you know, doing well in those kiddie pools and those early beginnings to give you the confidence that you could do it. Cause then we've said this before that cats feed off our energy. And if we're nervous and we're not, you know, really sure about it, they're not going to be sure about it. But mm-hmm. so it's sort of, it's a symbiotic relationship where once you've seen that Fisher can do this, you get, you're confident. And then, so then he continues to feed off that energy. And then, so you guys can build up together and, and then before you know it, you're both on the water. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I mean, I grew up swimming and everything, but Finn is a fourth generation captain. And so, the, I mean, the level of confidence is really high. And I think that Fisher just follows suit. Mm. That makes a lot of sense. So we've spoken about how you guys go in the boat a lot. Do you normally do that as day trips or overnight trips? Um, we haven't done an overnight trip on the boat yet. Um, I just went this past weekend on an overnight trip on the boat, but Fisher was not allowed on the island. It was a protected island with tortoises and stuff. So he was not allowed. So Lorraine stayed home with him. I got that. (laughs) (laughs) That makes sense. So then when you do your day trips, what do you normally take for Fisher on those trips? We take his stroller. He's got... Um, well, not on the boat. Oh, on the, no, on the boat. boat. I'm yeah. sorry. I oh, yeah. yes. Sorry. Sorry. So I'm at the boat. We have, um, we have this kitty obsession uh, pack that we take because um, Fisher, we've, we've tried um, different vessels for him to go in, uh, but he's just so big and heavy mm-hmm. that it, we have to have something that's very sturdy and it's not going to bow or you know, fold in on itself. And we have a portable litter box that fits in the bottom of it. Um, So we take that along with this, his cooling pad. We have ice packs under the cooling pad. We have a battery operated fan with extra batteries. We have plenty of water. We have more ice packs in the cooler. We have his food, we We have have his his life jacket. And then we always, he has a couple of boat toys that are always in his carrier. Like he has a permade and then he has one of his fish in there. And so like, I almost feel just like people, you know, you've got your beach bag. He's got his own little boat bag Mm -hmm. with his name on it. Uh, We have a little sunscreen that we put on his nose. Uh, We just got a new pair of sunglasses for him to start uh, learning how to wear those to protect his eyes from when we're going fast in the boat for the wind and the sun. Maybe you'll see uh, some new pictures soon with his sunglasses on. <laughs> awesome. Um, I did want to take a step back and look, talk about the sunscreen because um, I'm not sure whether this is your experience, but when we, because we have white cats, so they need sunscreen quite significantly. Um, and I actually found it a bit difficult to find sunscreen that was cat friendly because a lot of them are just designed for dogs. What kind of sunscreen do you use for Fisher? That's exactly what we found something at PetSmart and it was for dogs. And I mean, he's got a little nose, so we just put a little bit on the tip and, you know, he's been fine with it. So, um, we haven't really, you know, ex- you know, found anything else that, you know, specifically for cats. And he's not, I mean. And he's not out directly in the sun a lot. That's what I was going to say. So, so his favorite place to be really is, at, is it the helm? The helm. The helm. And he likes to be there. And so. It's under a bimini. Our friend's boat has a hard top. And, or no, they both have bimini's, right? So he's under the bimini most of the time. But he doesn't like to necessarily be, at, you know, the bow or anything like that. But. 
we're just very conscious of it. Um, mm-hmm. And his nose is the only thing we worry about. I sometimes wonder about his ears, but he's just not out there enough. So, but and again, even though he loves the water, he's not out for any great length of time. And we do try like, again, cause we live in Florida. Um, when was the last time we took him in the water? It was a couple weeks ago. And honestly, he might not be going in for the next month or two because it's just too humid and it's too warm. And mm-hmm. he might be on the boat with his ice pack and, you know, his like kitty beer. But um, he's, you know, we just don't want him to get overheated because the, you know, it might say 89 degrees, but with 90% humidity, it feels a lot worse. So, and we'll probably, we tend to do sunset cruises when it gets us warm. And with his fur as well, like he's a long-haired cat. Love it. He is a hairy cat. Yeah. Because when he does get wet, we're like, not so big, are you? <laughs> <laughs> so, when you're on the boat with Fisher, is is he like tethered to anything, or um, like how do you make sure that he doesn't fall in the water? I suppose. Um, we usually have his leash on him initially. Hey. When we first get on the boat, yes, but then we unhook it and he's in his little carrier and it's unzipped so he can come and go as he wants, but he's just so chill. He just hangs out in it. And then when we go into the water or put him on his tube or go paddleboarding, we just set him there and he just sits down or he lays down or he's, you know, he'll walk around and look around. Um, He's never one to like run away. Like I, I need to go, like he doesn't jump off or you know, he's not, we're not concerned about him, you know, jumping overboard or anything. He's just so chill. For being such an independent cat, because he really is like to a fault, like half the time I'm like, come and love me. But he's so independent. And so when we're on the boat and we travel, he's he right there with right us. us. It, but at home, he, I mean, like right now, he's not anywhere to be found. He's very independent. He doesn't really, he's not a snuggler cat. Uh, he'll rub up against us and love on us and talk to us uh, when we're feeding him or, you know, just in the morning, he'll say hi to us. When I come home from work, he'll say hi to me. But for the most part, he he doesn't really sleep with us. He's like, I, I got things to do. I got to look out the window at birds. I got to look at the front and make sure that all the neighbors come home when they're supposed to. Uh, he's just, like the mayor. yeah, but when, yeah. when we're on the boat, or in the car, or on the, and you know, doing our exploring, he is right there with us, and he mm-hmm. loves every bit of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's just so, so awesome! <laughs> I suppose like a, a thought process that I had was if people did leash their cats on the boat, mm-hmm. say in worst case scenario the boat overturns, then that makes mm-hmm. it quite a hazard yeah. because frightening. Yeah, I, I, um, yeah, here's the thing. Whenever he's been on a leash, his leash has been with me. Like we've never leashed him to the boat. Yeah. And so like, you know, if nothing else, maybe I'll be standing and trying to do something and I'll put his leash around my ankle. So if like the boat overturned or whatever, the leash would be attached to me, not the boat. And that's I why would, boats yeah. and kayaks and canoes don't have seat belts. You don't, it's mm-hmm. not meant to be, you're not meant to be tethered into a vessel in mm-hmm. any way. And in, in like, you know, when we're on the paddleboard, we don't tie him anywhere. That way, if he was to fall off or Fisher mm-hmm. was to fall off, he falls free of the, the paddleboard or the boat or the tube, um, just like a human would. You you know, we don't tie him to anything like that. And what's nice is his life jacket has like a handle on the back of it. So when he got off the paddleboard and swam towards Finn, that was fine. And then he turned around and wanted to come back towards me. So I 
got down on my paddleboard and literally like picked them up and put them back on the board. So that does help like ease my mind. If he ever like did, you know, if he was sitting on the edge with me and like tipped over or something like that, we can easily literally just grab him like he's basket. And uh, your list of uh, life preservers that you posted on um, your Instagram before um, the uh, Fido pet products. Um, we have one of every color and the small size for him. And he, uh, you know, they fit him very nice. He, he wears a small, it's, you know, they, they're making for dogs and I've actually been in contact with them and asked them if they would make, um, a whole line of cat. All they had to do was change the logo on it. Um, because there's a huge market out there for, you know, cat exploring and, you know, not just dogs go in the water now. Exactly. And I apologize because I'm trying to remember a photo of Finn and how he looks like with the life preserver because I find a lot of the dog products look like a crop top. Is right. it like that on him or is it more, uh, does it come? No, he, he's, he's so big, you know, I, I don't know how it would look on a normal size cat. I, <laughs> I, um, but with him, it, it, it looks pretty normal on his Instagram page. You can see a lot on, uh, he's on the tube, he's on the paddleboard, uh, you know, sitting on the front of a paddleboard, sitting on the front of the boat. Um, there's quite a few of him in his life preserver. Um, the, the one I posted today, um, he, he's actually on a pool float, uh, one of the airhead uh, pool floats, and he is in the pool, and he has his life preserver on, on that little floaty. One it has a strap that goes around his neck and then it goes around his rib cage. So there's not, it's not like a T-strap underneath, which sometimes makes them feel uncomfortable. We researched um, that they don't like sometimes. They don't like anything right under his harm, under, armpit. That's, that's what it is. So, um, but again, like just like we did with the harness, we had to put the life jacket on him. And he wore it around the house for a couple of days. But the first couple of minutes he put it on, I was like, oh, that's a unhappy dance if I've seen one like he just did the wobble and was like why why and then just lay down <laughs> <laughs> he ate the treats, so he must have been fine and now when we put it on him he knows he's going out in the boat mm -hmm. he, you know he's excited and we put him in the boat and we're off yeah awesome. it does do mm -hmm. one of my favorite videos of all time of Fisher is um when he's relaxing on the tube and you're pulling it on the boat and he just looks so comfortable. Like, I have to admit, if I was on a tube, I think I wouldn't even look like that because I'd be freaking out a little bit. But well, um, It's funny because um, we did that video right after uh, the Dodo had contacted us to do, um, you know, an interview with them. And one of my name, you know, one of our friends was like, I wonder if he, he loves the water so much. I wonder if he would go on a tube. So we went and grabbed the tube and we put it in the living room and let him smell it. He got to play on it overnight. He got to sit on it. Um, and so when we actually put it in the water, he just sat on it like he was in the living room. And then we're like, okay, we're going to start pulling it now. So I got in the water with him and I was like, all right, buddy, here we go. And we just, you know, my friend took off in the boat and just did, a, you know, some circles around me and brought him, brought him back to me as I videotaped it. And I mean, he, we could have done that for three hours and he would have just sat there. He was not going anywhere. He didn't get up and walk around. He wasn't, he meowed at me when he saw me, like when he came close to me, but he wasn't like 
get me off of this. I, yeah, what are y'all doing? You're crazy. He was like, okay, let's go. Let's go again. What, what, what's next? But what's interesting about that is that we notice that he likes us to be close enough that he can see us. Mm-hmm. But if one of us is too close, he'll jump off. So like you have to have like a safe distance where he can see you like a couple of feet. But if he wants to swim, he wants to swim. And I would say the best advice is just don't use any inflatable toys you're too attached to because they have nails and things happen. Like we had, what was it? Was it the unicorn down? Mm -hmm. Like we were in the pool and he, I thought it was hilarious. He went from one floaty to another and Finn was like, he's going to pop in. I was like, look at him go. And then he jumped on the unicorn and anyways, rest in peace unicorn. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good, that's a good point you make. So it seems like Fisher can uh, puncture certain mm-hmm. toys and yep. <clears throat> um, devices. So then how do you check that they're, they're going to be suitable for Fisher and so it's going to work? You you can tell the the texture. Mm-hmm. Um, so like on our paddle boards, our Airhead uh, Water Sports paddle boards, they make a uh, paw, it's called a paw pad that you can put on the front of any, you know, watercraft. It's just a thin layer um, uh, padding, uh, that way, you know, it won't scratch any surface or it won't scratch or puncture, um, a paddleboard, but most of the paddleboards are a material that is very thick, uh, that you don't have to worry about it puncturing anyway, but it's an extra uh, padding you can put on, um, like the tube, this airhead tube that he, he floats on, um, that is, uh, has a protective covering over the tube. Uh, so his claws, you know, can't hurt that. More right. And mm-hmm. to tell you the truth, his claws really never come out other than, you know, she, he was just jumping from a, a, like a chase lounge floaty to a rubber duck floaty to a swan floaty to the unicorn floaty. So he was just jumping around. Mm-hmm. So his claw just happened to, to nick it. So he wasn't like, you know, scared or pawing for anything. He, he really hardly, I've never seen him really ever use his claws other than when he was a kitten, mm-hmm. just playing around. Um, you know, when he takes treats or plays with us, his claws really never come out. Mm -hmm. We do joke every, I, every two weeks he gets a mani-pedi. So, and you know, because otherwise, you know, that's just the way that we make sure that he's really comfortable with it. And it's a way that we make sure that if he accidentally swipes one of us, that we survive. He's a big cat, but, um, and you can, you can just tell by the material, like the difference between a pool floaty and then something that's meant to go yeah, in the water right. with the boat. Right. But yeah. And especially with the paddleboard, cause the one that we got me is inflatable, but it's also meant to hold several hundred pounds. So it's persevered him so far. <laughs> and I would just want to circle back to a point you made earlier about with all these things, these, um, water devices, how he's comfortable on them, that, you know, the way you trained him was that you put him in your lounge room and you got him to sniff it and he started getting used to us, sat on and all that, and you treated him for it. Like, so that's positive reinforcement to mm-hmm. associate that device with a positive experience and then slowly build him up to then having that same device out in the water. Yep. And you guys were nearby so that he was reassured, but not too close so that he, because he's an independent cat after all, mm-hmm. but close enough that he was reassured that you were around. Well, I, I, the very first time we did it, I actually was holding on to the tube. We, we went a couple of real circles and then I just let go and, you know, he continued. So he was like, okay, I'll see you later. 
So, Finn and Lorraine, we're coming up towards the end of the podcast, but before we let you go, we're going to ask our final four questions that we ask all our guests. The first question being, what is one piece of advice you'd give to new cat explorers? Be patient. Oh, that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> and don't expect your cat to do something the first five times, the first six times. Sometimes you just have to take a deep breath. The cat has to get used to something or you have to get used to something that the cat's doing. That's more like it. Because they're just like you and I. I mean, how many times am I supposed to do something that I don't know if I really want to do? And it might not take me the first time to get it. So yeah, patience, definitely. And we do balance each other with that because we do take turns on having patience and lacking them. And not all cats will like water. I think it's really, what do you love to do? And that's what your cat will love to do. Like, right. Whether that's hiking or it is being with you on the bike or, you know, I don't know. I love to take them to breweries when I can resume that activity one day. Like, <laughs> So it's just, it's just following suit with what makes you happy. So well said. What's been the most entertaining comment someone has said to you while you've been out and about with Fisher? Well, we had our first fan run up to us about a week ago. Uh, we went to pick up some food at a, a local restaurant mm-hmm. and we had somebody come up and was like, oh my God, is that Fisher? Is that Fisher? And we were like, yeah, <laughs> like we were like, oh my gosh, they, they know who he is. I mean, we've had people on the island, you know, know who he is because of our walking and out in the boat and stuff. Uh, but it, it was like a true fan Oh my gosh, I follow him on Instagram. I saw, you know, your shorts. I had a pair of like black and white checkered boat shorts on that I've worn a video before, Van's shorts. And she was like, I saw your shorts and I just knew that was Fisher and I had to come over. And so she was like, This is surreal. Our life is interesting. But (laughs) I mean, when we're out with him, we hear, Oh my gosh, you made my day. That Mm -hmm. is the number one thing we hear over and over and over again this just makes me smile yeah like it's he just brings joy not only to us but everybody around us it's amazing how we might to for us it's just a normal day and we're just doing what we normally do but then we're able to make someone else's day and you see them smile and then you're like oh hey this is actually a good day (laughs) yes and what's really funny is here we are you know when we go out we we do put him in a stroller and you know he's just chilling in a stroller hanging out on the side or sleeping and most of the time people just ignore us because we they think we have a kid in there I know that sounds funny but then when they realize oh my gosh you have a cat in there like they just light up and they want to talk to us but when they thought we had a kid in there they weren't giving us the time of day Yep, I agree with that. What cat explorers inspire you? Oh my gosh, I have a whole list. So Punky Sushi at number one. It's so funny. We were vacationing in um, uh, New York at Christmas of 2018. We were on the Beltline, uh, uh, the Highline uh, walking, and we ran into Hunky Sushi and Janet and Susan and I went crazy. This was before we had Fisher. We didn't know who they were, though. Right. They had, they, they we, had, had we just saw the cat licking a lollipop. And I looked at her and I'm like, that, this is exactly what I was talking about. I want a cat that goes everywhere with us. So fast forward, we got Fisher in April, I'd say June of uh, 2019. 
uh, or August of 2019, I stumble across Instagram and I find Hunky Sushi and I, I message them and I say, I have a video of you guys with us in New York over Christmas time. I sent it to them and we've been friends ever since. We've actually driven up to New Jersey and had a cat meeting with them. We were on a road trip though. So yeah. we saw them on our road trip. Yep. We didn't just drive up to Jersey <laughs> for a cat meetup. You know, we're cat enthusiasts, but we don't want you to think we're that. <laughs> but yes, we drove to Jersey for a lunch date with a cat, but, but yeah. that was on our road trip. A hunky sushi, Ziggy and Charlie, uh, Adventure Cat Peaches, Surf Cat Mav, all of the adventurous makes me laugh, and Miss Rigby Boat Kitty. All those are just, I mean, I I have tons that I could go on forever. Mm-hmm. But we, we have some, you know, people that, that reach out to us about how we got Fisher, you know, acclimated to the water and now they're doing it. And it's just so cool to, to you know, to watch them, you know, train their kittens to go out in the water with them and enjoy other things other than just, you know, walking around the neighborhood. It's pretty cool to inspire other people that we see that, that people that inspired us were inspiring them. And I love that you mentioned Suzanne and Janet and Sushi. So what people might not know is they were actually our guinea pigs for this podcast. So they, we recorded our first ever episode with Suzanne and Janet. So we're so so grateful for them because we made a lot of mistakes that time around (laughs) and they were so patient with us. And so enthusiastic and we're really grateful for them to take that risk with us because I kind of literally just reached out to them and said I have a crazy idea can you help me out and they and they are they're just wonderful they're amazing yeah and he was not thrilled with Fisher but I mean it, we, they were we, they were they just went for a walk in their strollers we kept them apart but they loved it <laughs> yeah, yeah there's a video on on the Instagram it's a little far back but you could see it, uh, their meetup it was pretty cute that's so cool so the last question, what product, service, or program has been a game changer for Fisher? His Fido Pet um, product, his life vest. I mean, he, he, that, we just absolutely love that. It, he, he wears it every time we go out in the boat or in the pool, which is a lot. Um, so uh, we, we absolutely love that. Uh, the Gen 7 uh, stroller. Um, the Cert Cat Mabby uh, harnesses, uh, the cooling pad, and then um, our Airhead Water Sports. He's actually sponsored by Airhead Water Sports now. They've sent him paddle boards. They've sent him uh, tubes. Uh, you know, it's just hilarious that uh, Fisher is sponsored by a water sports company, and he's a cat. <laughs> and, yeah, his cat wall, his first six months, Lorraine working at home, she absolutely could not have done that without the cat catastrophe. <laughs> that you know, it's there's another uh, one I want that it was hilarious awesome. and it looks like an Indiana Jones, you know, bridge. bridge. But it was funny. Oh uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So when he first showed this to me, I was like, because um, we're sitting at our dining room table, and I'm like, I don't know about that. I think it was a month into it. I was like, I don't know what you have to do, but whatever it is and wherever you're putting it to keep this cat entertained for 30 minutes, do it. He loves it. Excellent. Yes, there's some really cool products out there now. And our cat wall is one of the most used products that our cats use. And we'd love to get a bigger one and a more adventurous one for them. And because I'm really 
crazy concepts out there, but yes. we live in two bedroom apartment, unfortunately. So that's <laughs> a bit restrictive. Yeah. So, I'm so sad that your baby won't have any room. I'm like, <laughs> baby's going to have to live in the closet. <laughs> You're gonna have all this gear for your cats and be like, so we're gonna only be able to bring one diaper. So, all right, kid, Bible setting. Well, we were talking about it this morning, and we said, well, we know that what's what's the kids will be the cats, and what's the cats will be the kids. Absolutely. And then we were like, our kids gonna grow up with these two cats. He's gonna think he's a cat. He's gonna <laughs> he's gonna he take after all these. <laughs> that's it he's going to take after all these mannerisms of cats and he's going to meow he's, he's going to you know try and be mischievous just like the cats I, I suspect uh-huh. the first thing he's going to do when he likes someone is show them that his butt so that's going to be something uh-huh. that's going to, have to work really hard um, yeah I don't know how we're going to manage that but like uh, for example my best friend's kid comes into our house and um, we have these Doc and Phoebe mice littered around the house. So like you um, hide. Mice that you hide. Yeah, like you yeah. hide food in there so that it's like a puzzle mm-hmm. toy. And, and the first thing she does is she somehow finds the puzzle, that m- mice, and puts it straight in her mouth. So we were like, <laughs> we're probably going to have a kid who's eating cat food at some point <laughs> as well. <laughs> I, think all cat, I think all kids try cat food or dog food if you have animal. Absolutely. I think that's just, they have to. They, Let's they, just hope your cats share because, you know. <laughs> that's it. Know. That's it. Mm-hmm. Well, Finn and Lorraine, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a blast talking about Fisher. Where can we find you online? Or Fisher? Uh, online, Fisher sorry. the Maine Coon on Instagram and Fisher the Maine Coon on Facebook. Pretty easy. So we'll put those links in the show notes along with everything else that we've mentioned today. Thank you so much for listening and being a part of the Cat Explorer community. This is it for season six of the Cat Explorer podcast plan to be back in your ears in September 2020 with Season 7. To help us create Season 7 and join up as a Cat Explorer producer, see catexplorer.co forward slash support. That's it for today. We'll catch you next time. In the meantime, enjoy giving a kitty the world. Mm-hmm.